Hello and welcome back to another episode of Returning to the Earth. I thank you for being you. I thank you for showing up and I am eternally grateful for your experience and for your existence and the part of the ecosystem of being human that you are in. Um, That's been something that I've been thinking a lot about lately and within all of this pain that I feel like I'm constantly in, whether it's emotional, physical, or mental, I, I sit down and I really am just like, I hate this. I hate this pain. Why does this have to happen? Why is this happening? Why does it feel like I've been in pain so badly for the past like few years of just like nonstop agony? And I joke around with um, some friends of mine. And I'm like, you know what? God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. And then I, I cry about it later. <laughs> it's like, like I'll talk about trauma and then I, I laugh about it in the moment because it's like a coping mechanism. And then I'll think about it later. And I'm like, oh my God, like, why you know type of shit and everybody does that it's it's really something incredibly beautiful and um what kind of sparked this is is many many things it's pain it's 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 emotions it's it's change which is the only thing that's constant in life is change and for you to think that you can escape change um yeah without change you're gonna die like in a bad way it's not even like i'm realizing every day that death is also an incredibly powerful thing um that it's not it's not sad and so also a card reading an oracle i just got an oracle deck and so this also kind of kicked it off um but the one thing that kicked it off is i watched a movie called lucy with a buddy of mine and oh my god it was so good and if you haven't seen the movie i don't really know how to explain it without spoiling it but it it talks about the very very beginning of time who the first person that they discovered they named lucy um the first more like homo sapien that had more of a um an emotional side of of humanness um not quite full um human as you see now very much like more monkey like but um or like ape like anyhow so then there's this woman that gets into a lot of trouble and her name happens to also be lucy and um, she gets to have this whole experience where she gets to use 100% of her brain. And we as humans only use 10% of our brain. And the only other animal that's more, I don't know if sentient is the right word, more um, biologically able to use more of their brain is the dolphin. They use 20% of their brain. So they're able to use sonar and um, connection to speak to one another from the deepest parts of the ocean. Um and long long wavelengths away and they're incredibly intelligent we know this we've heard this um but i think that we often overlook that and so anyhow um this human named lucy got to experience every um pattern every rhythm every vibration of what it means to be a part of human and as she passed away um as she went through this whole process of reaching 100 percent brain capacity she went and she said a statement when it was like 80%, and she's like, somebody made a comment towards her, like, I don't want to die, and she's like, um, something about death not being what you think it is, like, when you think that we die, we don't die that way, and I remember growing up being so scared to die, and more people in my life are getting older, and people are leaving, and, you know, we make these connections with people, and then we're scared of them leaving, and that's also a mini death, it's incredibly beautiful, though, and we really demonize death as being this really, really bad thing because it's unknown. 
But the unknown is the biggest playground that we get to play around, and that's where imagination forms. With unknown and boredom, even within that, the other day I was, this was like two or three weeks ago, I was so incredibly bored, and you know, I, I was really just alone with my thoughts, and I was like, I had nothing to do, so I was texting a buddy of mine, and um, this person was just explaining to me, like, boredom is really where um, creation is, because without boredom, we wouldn't have people like Einstein, like, Einstein was probably bored as fuck, and he was like, oh my god, or like Darwin, or, um, you know, all these, all these people that really made a huge, in, like, huge impact, um, like, recently, I also watched, like, the Oppenheimer movie, and that came from a sense of boredom and confusion to be able to get to these points of molecular transformation of the human species like but that came without a phone that came without tech like a crap ton of tech um that came from the boredom of the human mind do you like people don't recognize how powerful the human mind is um and so i was really just been dabbling in that concept and and acknowledging, you know what, sometimes I, like the other night, I was just feeling really emotionally absent, and so I just came in, I lit a candle, and the family friend that I stay with sometimes, and um, I just stared at the ceiling, and I cried a little bit, and it wasn't like a sad cry, it was just like my way of decompressing, it was just like emotions were coming up, I allowed myself to feel them, they went through, it was beautiful, I experienced them, I felt them, everything, and another part in this movie was um, she was, she ended up calling her mom because she knew that she only had like 24 hours to live because the human brain can't do 100% capacity of living. And, um, and that's why it's also, we have a perfect amount of brain right now. When you think about it, that is insane. Like we only use 10% and that is enough for the ability that we do things right now as humans. Um, and who knows, I think maybe there is a different number now in the movie that only explained 10% from what I picked up on, um, yeah, and a lot of animals only use 3% of their brain capacity. And so imagine if animals got more brain capacity or we got less or or however it went. Like, it's just, it's crazy how there's perfect order to everything. There's a purpose for everything. Our ears, our eyes, our wisdom teeth, um, our toenails, our lips, our eyelashes, um, period blood, you know, everything. There is a reason for everything. And so I think also in in society, we really are programmed to think that there's something wrong with everything. Women shouldn't be smelling a certain way. People shouldn't be looking a certain way. Um, You know, our natural features aren't okay anymore. It's just, it's capitalized on things. And I think it is a fun playground of also being able to be human and get to experience with maybe not being fully satisfied. That's also okay if that's your experience. That is our experience. We all struggle with not feeling satisfied within our humanness. When you really settle down into the ideology of of all of this, you can really draw in the perspective that we are perfect at a evolutionary standpoint. And the fact that we get to live at this moment of time, this is the best moment of time to be living in. And I know that it's it's the most scary um, because there is technology is fucking weird we're really disconnected from nature um and there's constant issues with politics and wars and and interpersonal issues with mental health um but the when you can sit down and and i don't even know how people can reach this point and a lot of people have to take mushrooms to get to this point 
a shit ton of meditation, a shit ton of acknowledging kind of can get you to this point. But just realizing how abundantly amazing it is to be at this point in time Um, with the way that we have technology and the way that we have community, even though community could be a lot better the way it was in tribal times, of course, there's always ways to look at things and plugging them in to create yourself a perfect situation for your experience. Um, So yeah, another part of the movie, um, Lucy kind of went into being able to see how the first part of the planet, the Big Bang, how everything fucking began. She got to go all the way back in time and experience every single molecular level of what it was like to create this perfect world. When you think about it, we don't really know any other perfect planets. I mean, I'm sure they're out there if you're a curious person as I am um, within other sentient life on other planets and, um, you know, ETs and extraterrestrials and whatever, whatever you want to call them. Um, But I also believe that we're alive on fucking earth like there's plants around us that cannot inhabit life the way that earth can and we want to fly on ships to go to other planets to find life when when we look at it this world is beautiful like we have bees and spiders and mosquitoes for a fucking reason but we demonize all these things on on this like in the world like oh bees kill bees chase bees around and smack them no let them outside we need bees without bees the entire ecosystem will collapse without the mosquitoes spiders won't have food and then if spiders don't have food some birds don't have food and without birds you know we're fucked you know everything has a purpose and that is the same way with everything in your life and so within circling back I've been feeling a lot of pain and a lot of grief and a lot of sadness and constant mourning I feel like for the past ever since 2020 it's just like even before then I feel like back to the end of eighth grade for me going into this new thing I I fully felt what depression felt like I remember looking at a computer screen and looking at these poetry books for the first time and it was like pillow thoughts and um the earth is her flower what is it called something about flowers I by Rumi, I think, um, I looked at these and I began seeing the power of words for the first time outside of schoolwork because I never really felt like I had felt that amount of oomph kind of thing of like, oh my God, kind of like a, a revolution began in my chest. And that was like the, the first thing where I was like, oh my God, I feel, I feel, and I don't really know what this is. And so I really was distracting myself from that feeling. Um, and I remember being really, really sad and just crying for no reason and just being very melancholic and, you know, feeling sonder and looking out the window and just being like, oh, okay, this sucks. Like, life isn't good. And, you know, we all have our stories. My life wasn't perfect. My life sucked. I feel like as a, as my own, own emotional state growing up, um, and everybody has their own experience with that. We cannot deny anybody's experience, um, And that's part of the way that we show up in the world is your experience within the way you grew up. And I think that it really is a superpower, but it takes time honoring these shit to, you can't just go to somebody and they're experiencing trauma and be like, it's a superpower to get over yourself. That person has to feel their shit to be able to say, you know what, this will make me revolutionary one day. And so I want you to see your pain as something beautiful. And I'm going to try to divulge into that and kind of explain it in the best of my terms. Um, I feel these things in my brain. I don't really know how to articulate them very well, but I, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to ask the universe for, you know, some some clarifying words to kind of help articulate that. But so yeah, pain is one of these things where 
it's a very grounding sensation. And I remember saying this a lot last year where I'm like, pain is grounding, pain is grounding. But I was also going through a lot. I didn't fully believe it. Um, oh, wow, I'm already forgetting the words that I really want to speak out loud. Um, yeah, so pain is this really grounding experience of of almost like a weight on us. And so we don't float too close to the sun. Um, it keeps us grounded in our experience. It keeps us feeling why we're here to feel. And that is um, the beautiful thing. And so I was speaking about this on my Instagram and I was watching Midnight Gospel the other day. This was like a month ago. Whenever I say the other day, it's really like a month ago. Midnight Gospel for like the first time. I finally made myself like a good meal after um, not making myself meals at all for like three months because my life was like correct correctic it was like hectic crazy i just combined those words um and so finally made myself a meal i was like okay i haven't watched really tv except for movies in the past few months and i have alone time i'm gonna watch something and midnight gospel came up by duncan trussell and i came up with an episode and it was on feeling worthy and feeling fear and and also it was like the episode when you go on there it's like a woman character wearing eat like a roses in her mouth it's that one um if you can find it. i don't remember what character he plays but if you can find that character go to that i don't remember what it's called either because i don't have netflix on my phone but um that's why i'm recording this but um so yeah it was it was really really cool um being able to hear him talk about how pain is a um or suffering rather and when I first got into wanting to learn about my experience, I went to Buddhism. And it, so it was a really, really beautiful thing for me to realize that one of the main teaching factors in Buddhism is that suffering isn't everything. There's a way of escaping that. You thinking that you're going to escape from suffering is creating more suffering, really. Um, it's the same way as being like, oh, it shouldn't be raining. Why shouldn't it be raining? We need that rain. We need that thunder. We need that that shakeup. We need that moisture in the soil for fruition. Um, it's beautiful. So why do you think that it shouldn't be raining type of thing? Why do you think that you shouldn't be suffering? I really want you to ask yourself that. Why do you think you should not be suffering? I want you to get out a journal or a piece of paper and write down why you think you shouldn't be. And I want you to think about this this week. Why do you think, again, that you should not be suffering? What does not suffering bring you? Does it bring you peace? Because without suffering, would you really know what happiness feels like? That's a really good philosophical question, too. Um, do we know what up feelings feel like without the balance of down feelings? Who knows? Um... I remember having a conversation with some farm friends and one of the people was talking about balance and the other person was just like, I don't think there's polarities or balance that way. And then I kind of thought about that night. I was like, what if hate and love are the on the same exact string or there's two different ends of the same exact string where it's just that same vibrational line. It's just for you to, it's same with grief. I think that hate and grief and and love really go hand in hand because for you to love something and lose something makes you grieve something and and the hard outer shell of grief is anger and if, is, is hate so I really think that if we hate something about that we really once loved it or it really it really makes us feel a crap ton of grief and so that's why we feel so powerful towards that I know that when when I feel angry 
it's the same feeling that I get when I'm super infatuated. And that's a really weird fucking thing. It's like a vibration in like my my whole core. It's kind of like a like you're turned on my life. Like it's like a oh my god, I love life. It's so I'm not I'm not excited for life when I hate things, but it's that same vibration in my stomach. And so I truly believe that it's that same exact thing, except it comes with a more powerful out of control feeling that I don't like feeling. So I personally have a hard time feeling anger. I was even talking about it with my therapist. I was like, yeah, I I don't know how to deal with anger and I, I refuse to be a, an angry person, but I also said, I know that anger is the hard outer shell of grief and sadness. And so I just allow myself to cry instead of getting angry at people. Like I could get pissed off all I want, but getting pissed off, what is that gonna do for me? What is lashing out gonna get for me? Um, I think that there's a really, really beautiful rage that you can feel and that you could smash things and scream into things and feel it and let it bubble up and let it come over you, but don't let that be taken out on somebody else. Nobody deserves that. Um, and so, yeah, so circling back around, I want you to think about that also this week is, would you really know what happiness feels like without the suffering? Um, and so honoring every day more and more that I suffer and being like, I'll sit there and I'll be extremely overwhelmed and I'll be super existential and I'm like, there's no purpose of life anymore. You know what the opposite of that is? There is no purpose in life anymore. I get to create my own fucking purpose. If I want to go join the fucking surf, whoa, if I want to go join the fucking circus, I can tomorrow. If I wanted to go take off my eyebrows and get blue laminates. I fucking could. Why? Because we live in a state and society where you can do fucking anything. I don't judge anybody for what they choose to do with their appearance, what they choose to do with their expression. As long as it's not hurting anybody, fucking do what you want to do. Because why? There's no purpose to life. And I used to think that the only reason why I was alive, I think that there's, I do believe there's a purpose to life, but it goes hand in hand. It's like, imagine a red hand and a blue hand colliding together and like grasping in a loving formation like when you like hold somebody's hand and you're like you intertwine your fingers imagine that so one polarity is oh my god there's no fucking purpose and that's maybe the red the heat the anger the oh my god why am i fucking here life sucks i want to die i don't want to live anymore there's no purpose to life it's awful nobody wants to feel that but we do feel that underlyingly because it's part of the human predicament. Again, you can't really escape that. You're going to feel that one point in your life or another. I've never met one person that has not. And the other, the blue that's coming in, the cool, the water. Oh, okay, this is really, really a cool image. Okay, the red is like fire. It's like it can be angry, but it's also super alchemizing. And same with the blue. So the, the blue is water. It comes together to create this physical form. That's. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like my morning pee. I like woke up and I was thinking about this. I was like... Volcanoes are literally directly against the laws of nature. Fire underneath water. A lot of volcanoes happen around a shit ton of water. You thinking that you can't do anything? I want you to fucking dream bigger because if you think that you're drowning underwater, there's a fire in you that can propel you to be a law and a force against nature. And so the other polarity is that blue hand going in and saying, there's no fucking purpose to life. Oh my god. I can go fucking paraflying tomorrow. I can go 
eat whatever the fuck I want tomorrow. Because why? Because there's no purpose to life. We get to experience and get to express. And I remember the first time I heard that, it triggered the fuck out of me. Because I spent like two and a half years of my life dedicating, trying to find my purpose. And I felt like I had found my calling, but then I just had two bad relationship type situations. And I felt so desperate, but I know that those situations taught me, but it's taken me time. And so I appreciate appreciate those people for also having me feel suffering the way that I did. You know, would I ever want to experience that again? No. But I did I experience that for a reason? Fuck yeah. So shout out to all the people that have taught you in every single direction. We're here to do that for people. But also don't bypass your emotions. I know some people that are like, oh, we're all a mirror for one another. But then it's also like spiritual bypass and we're not honoring your feelings. You're not creating boundaries. That's also not okay. Anyhow. Um, so yeah. When I first heard there's no purpose to life. I was living on a farm and um, the person I was talking to, we were talking about our trauma and everything. And I was, I was admiring her life. I was like, you just do this shit and you're awesome. And it's really funny that when we admire others, it's typically something we admire in ourselves, but we don't give ourselves recognition. So she was like, uh, you're doing that shit too. And she's like, you're younger than me. And I was like, no, but look at you. And so I just kept like dumping all this love into this person. And she, she's like, yeah, I don't think that, that we have a purpose. Like, I was explaining to her that we have a purpose. Like, I was like, so what is your purpose in life? And she's like, I don't think that we have one. I think that we just create it. And when I first heard that, I it was just like a hard lump in my throat. I was just, yeah, triggered. I was like, why would you say that? Like, we have a purpose. It seems like you found your purpose. The way that you do things in life, it looks like you found your purpose. She's like, no, I just do things that I want to do and I just complete the task. And I was like, oh, and so I didn't really want to listen to that fully. I was just like, okay, that's just how she felt. Like, good for her, I guess. Until I started setting on it. And it's, ugh, I probably heard that back in July. So July, August, September, October, November, December, January, almost February. About seven months of hearing this. Hold on, I need to drink something. I'm kind of like talking really fast. My throat's starting to get dry. So yeah. um, It was... It was really interesting experience to kind of let that set in as well. And so all these things are really curious things. When you can apply your mind for curiosity instead of judgment, like there is the thoughts in your head and there's an observer. Who are you? What part do you want to claim? Um, I was asking somebody that question. They're like, I'm both. And I was like, oh, I've never heard that one before. You're right. <laughs> um but also, I think that I'm the observer more than my thoughts. I don't think that I'm my thoughts. I think my thoughts are the protection mechanisms that are trying to keep me safe. Like worries, we can try to demonize worries and be like, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so anxious. I'm so depressed. Like I'm just worrying all damn day. Like that's what I would hear from like older generations. Like, oh, you guys are just so soft. I'm like, you know what? At least we're listening to that internal trying to thing. And I I would kind of get into like fights with people on that. I'm like, at least we listen to ourselves like that anxiety we listen to that exi- that anxiety like that's not a necessarily a bad thing it's just something that we're learning from it i think that yeah young people are very anxious for reasons that we don't even know how to ask for help on and that judgment is allowed like from the outside perspective we do look lazy but they've nobody else has also experienced life the way that we have because our generation gen z the typical that is listening to this um We've seen things a lot of generations haven't seen in 80 years. We're going through another 80-year cycle of shit. 
and and we're living through that and so we don't have to explain ourselves we just have to try our best um same with any other generation every generation has their flaws that's just again part of the human conditioning we can sit there and write nudist articles about it and argue about it or we can just accept that it's whoa excuse me (laughs) that's just part of the coolness um so yeah and I'm really trying to collect my thoughts right now because my mind is going like a mile a minute or 10,000 miles a minute. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll just take an intermission. Everybody take a deep breath. <laughs> and just thank yourself for being alive today. I haven't made a podcast episode in a long ass time. I've really been feeling just like in that grief lately. Um, but I really feel a big change in my, in my perception coming and it's changing every week. I dedicate time to change now instead of freaking out about it. I'm like, all right, let's fucking change. Let's fucking revolutionize and evolutionize and just like every week. Cause I want to experience what it feels like to be human. Um, oh, okay. So circling back around, um, I remember my thought, I was talking to my therapist and he's like, yeah, that um, that anxiety, instead of shaming it, why don't you just think it? And that's how you trust yourself. Every single time an anxiety has come up, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb, even when I'm depressed. I have that voice in my head of like my parents or whoever, like older generation, just being like, oh, you're so lazy, just get over yourself. Like, just move on, just don't worry. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I can just do that. Then my therapist had told me, and this is no judgment towards any other generation, like I said. This is just the way that they've been taught. Um is you need to thank that anxiety. That is the internal family system, as I'm pretty sure you called it, of protection. That is amazing. That's like your adult selves in your adult body. Or how do I word this? In an internal family system in your brain, there are protection roles. Those are your parent roles in your brain. Not your actual parents, but your own parent roles, like leaders in your head. And then there's the hurt thing and that's like your inner child that's also there so those worries and those fears are really just your adult parent yourself trying to heal your younger self it's trying to be like hey i'm trying to protect you from these things and instead of ridiculing them and taking a pill for anxiety or taking a pill for depression be like i'm gonna set in this a little bit longer and not not everybody can do that you gotta do your thing you gotta do your thing for you I'm the kind of person that refuses to just push things down. And that doesn't make me any better than anybody else, I don't think. I think that I have been blessed some way to be able to experience shit and to be able to handle it the way that I do. I don't know how. I, I think that's taken practice. Um, I get better every time something bad goes. And so it teaches me. It's my superpower. And it's your superpower. And it's everybody's superpower. But it takes spaciousness, peace, um, patience and understanding to actually get to that full flown point um so yeah i want you to when you have that fear in your head maybe you're hanging out with somebody and you're like oh shit all right well this is bringing up trauma this is bringing up an old experience and so that inner child in your head is like freaking the fuck out and so that adult in your head starts going no, don't do that, don't do that, like, it could be unsafe, it can be unsafe, don't do that, it could trigger this experience, what if that thing happens again? So I could sit there, and I could freak out, and be super, super indecisive, or first, I can go, 
take a deep breath like I just did put your hand over your chest I love putting my like my hand over my heart space or like over my stomach and just being like I see you you're safe and I see you and so that's what I'm beginning to do um and if that thing in my body really really wants to be honored I will say no to plans I will say no to things um and if that that feeling is very curious and it's like you know what I think that we can face our fear and that we can move past it and if when it really comes down to anything this is the next thing I want to talk about is we can communicate and repair in a traumatized mind you don't think that you can repair shit you don't think that you can heal anything I know that it feels like in my brain for the past like four years it's been reinforced in my head that it's go big or go home if somebody does not listen to my boundary once I'm like fuck you I don't want to be around you anymore and because I don't want to be abandoned nobody wants to be abandoned and that's something that I'm also listening to if I don't want to be abandoned and somebody is not honoring my needs my boundaries are constantly being crossed yeah they don't deserve a place in my life but when I was talking to my therapist this, this new time, I was explaining things and he was teaching me non-violent communication. Never heard of that before. I was like, oh, because I've been trying to find ways of communicating with people that don't put them down because I feel like a lot lately, and I'll take accountability on this on a large scale, this is really odd, um, is there has been times where I communicate my feelings and I'm sure I make the other person feel blamed and that's never my intention I just need them to see that my feelings are hurt and if they love me I want to repair and I never knew how to make that next step until I spoke with my therapist and so communicating my needs to anybody feels like I'm going into war it is the scariest experience of my life because I've had really 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 emotionally abusive times where I have tried communicating my needs and it's like oh, now you're making me the bad person for communicating your needs. And I was like, no, like, and then I try to like reinforce in their heads, like, I love you. And this is why I'm bringing this up is because I want to repair this, but I never knew how to say that. And so it'd become a really bad battle of the person feeling bad and wrong and feeling like they're abandoned and me feeling abandoned and then two connections just ripping in half. And I think those things had to happen. And whether those people are in my life again, never again or not, that's how it's going to work out. But I want to give some examples of those things. So first I wrote down in my journal, the last therapy session is there is always room for repair. And I want you, the listener, to understand that there is always room for repair if, if it's meant to be. There are times where you and another person's morals and values are just not going to equate and that's also okay. It's okay to say bye to old chapters of your life and you can still honor the love that was there. I think that the other thing that we do when we feel a lot of hate or pain is we feel like we can't honor the good times that was once shared. I've had people in my life that I may never want to speak to again, but I also love the fuck out of them because I once poured my entire heart into loving them. And I'm still allowed to feel when they felt like they loved me the hardest and I felt that love and when I loved them. And I'm still allowed to make art out of it. I'm still allowed to make poetry out of it. I'm still allowed to speak about it I'm still allowed to feel it I'm still allowed to whatever with it I'm allowed to feel that love that was once there even if it might not be there anymore and it might be coated in more red paint than I would like it to be and and all is welcome and so now in my life I think that if I explain my feelings that it there immediately is no repair that's allowed to be 
And so hearing that from another person, hearing my perspective of life saying, you know, there's room for repair, right? I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that. And so now when it comes to communication, I don't have to go in thinking that it's war. I might still feel that way in my body unsafe until I get used to communicating my needs properly or like to the best of my ability and and getting them heard and seen. Um, But for now, I know that even if communication is not fully right, and he also gave me an example, it's like if communication is not fully quote unquote done right in that moment, you can still take time away and say, hey, I need a few days to to just relax. Um, I'll let you know when I want to talk. I, you know, you can always add, I still love you. Um, But yeah, I just need some space right now. Honoring your partner's space, whether that's a romantic partner, friend, partner, even um, a person in your family the person that you're doing this tango with and then being like hey i didn't handle things correctly or i didn't like the way you responded to that but i really want to see where you're coming from that is repair it doesn't have to be perfect it does not have to be perfect you can still say hey i know that i did not do my best to kind of see where you're coming from and after giving it a few days i want to let you know that i'm willing to completely sit down with you and listen i can hold space for you and I want to see you, that is healthy communication, that is repair, and so sometimes when I first communicate with people, and this is a lot of people's experiences, it will just be a big shit show, and so after that, I don't want to take accountability, I don't want to talk to them, they don't want to take accountability, they don't want to talk to me, and then the line is severed, it feels like, Um, and so, and so yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing to just settle down and be like, it's not the end of the world um because it's not i know that sometimes our inner childs do feel like it's the end of the world because abandonment feels like death rejection feels like death especially for neurodivergent people excuse me um but yeah i'm gonna share some non-violent communication things that examples that my not examples um maybe examples more like templates so an example is when blank happened comma i felt blank so for instance how do i get an example without it being personal um when you left socks on the floor i felt like you didn't respect that i like keeping the place clean because it makes me feel happy for example, that's an easy one that happens between most connections, whether that's in a family, whether that's sharing a room with a friend, or whether it's being in a relationship and sharing a space um, romantically. And so the other person can go in and say the same thing. And maybe it's the other person saying, well, um, or saying, when I leave socks in the ground, I feel safe because when I was a kid, I was screamed at for leaving socks on the ground, so it's my rebellion now. And then you can go in and say, hey, how can we find a good common ground? Maybe that common ground is, hey, let's brainstorm. So an example for a good brainstorming thing different, it could be like, let's make a game out of this. Let's put a laundry, a cool, fun, styled laundry bin. Let's say like you live in like a, for me, a very prime example. I love boho style. I love very eclectic, like eclectic, like calm boho kind of like funky um hippie but very calm style and so i would love like a a wicker 
like a big wicker bin type of situation that we could put laundry in. So I'd be like, hey, let's keep this cool designed bin in the living room. And so when you want to take your socks off and throw them on the floor and it has me upset, you can just throw them and have a fun game of trying to get them into the bin. Just throw them into this bin so you don't have to go upstairs and go to our laundry basket. You don't have to go to the laundry room, go to the laundry basket. Just have fun trying to get your socks into there. And then when you see them again, as long as they're over there, I'll pick them up or you can pick them up. At least it keeps things clean and tidy while having fun. That is such a good example. That is pulled out of my ass and I'm very proud of that. Second one example um, is how to say like nonviolent communication is when blank happened, part of me felt blank and I had another part of me feel blank. So um, what's an example of this? Um... Another really easy one that can be shared between family, platonically, or, and this is all just like more physical things, but it also feels very, very deep to us. Um, and that could also be like a relationship thing is when you took our long, hot shower, part of me felt like you didn't see that I also needed to take a hot shower because I had a hard day. Another me, Another part of me felt abandoned that you didn't see that I just told you that I had felt sick today okay so the other person's feeling very neglected because they tried communicating their needs other person didn't really see their needs they wanted to take a hot shower the other person took a hot shower and now there's no more hot water so the other person can come in and say well um when I took a hot shower a part of me felt in that moment I was having a panic attack I needed a hot shower and another part of me felt I don't even know how to fill in that blank um another part of me felt like I could not abandon my balance or I could not abandon myself the way I have in the past so I needed to jump on that and so you can make that a common ground saying hey before you're gonna hop in the shower let's have a quick conversation or when you say those comments like hey I'm feeling gross today I want to take a hot shower make sure the other person fully knows hey I'm gonna take a hot shower when I am done or maybe you can share a hot shower together if it's like a romantic relationship. Um, if not, you can say, hey, 10 minutes for you taking a hot and nice shower, 10 minutes for me. It's Love is about compromise. Um, but sometimes there are really, really detailed conversations where it feels like both parties aren't being heard. And I want to also communicate, and this is what's really, really rough in relationships, is we think that communication is about making ourselves right and trying to prove to the other person that we're right and they're wrong. That is not healthy communication. I've had that firsthand of fighting to be like, I need you to see where I'm coming from. That's not going to happen. Love is sacrifice. Love is seeing each other's morals and each other's values. And it often goes more healthily like this. Hey, um, oh my God, I just, I had the biggest brain fart just a second ago. Um, what was the example that I was even talking about? That was so wild. I was so into that. Um, what is it? Oh, okay. So instead of going in and being like, yeah, I need you to see me and I'm right and you're wrong and making the other person the bad person because we, we want so badly to do that. Our egos cling on to that to be the right, to be proved right, yada, yada. It's more being... Hey, I want to see where you're coming from because I don't understand and I might not fully understand, but I still want to try my best. Can we just have the best open conversation about what's going on? You know, 
really empathizing with both groups of people, um, with you and the other person, that's where the healing begins is being able to say, hey, I don't know how to understand and I might not, but I want to try my best to still see where you're coming from and I don't need to be right and you don't need to be right. But this relationship is about sacrifice, love and compromise. And and I know that we both come from various different backgrounds of our own family things. How can you tell me how I can better help you? And it might not be perfect, but let's just try this out. And sometimes it comes down to the thing where it's just like, it's just not going to work out. Um, sometimes you're just two very different people with very opposite trauma responses. Like I've been in very interesting relationships and I, I love these people dearly. Um, I still think about them every day. And it's more like the game that I wanted, what I wanted from them and what they wanted from me was the same thing, but different. Um, it was like, I think also in our relationships, we, what we didn't get in childhood is what we crave in our romantic partners. And so when I didn't get certain needs met by that person, it felt like I was being taken care of in my family again. And that triggered the fuck out of me because, you know, I, I was leaving that to go into something that felt more safe and so when I felt like I was dealing with that again but in a romantic partner it triggered me but same vice versa I was that same person's trigger for their family dynamic and so we really butted heads because there's no way of being able to make that different um at least at that point in time who knows but but things happen and, and sometimes people are only there for chapters and that's okay. It's a hard thing to digest. It's something I believe. It's something that when I was first told, I was like, absolutely fucking not. Like, I want these people in my life forever. And then I realized that I became one of those people to let people go where I was like, it's not working out anymore. And and it's okay to say goodbye. And, and so, yeah. Anyhow, I love you and I appreciate all that you are and all that you are becoming and and yeah, let people cocoon you with words, be able to transform you into the, the flourishing thing that you are becoming. And you're going to become a caterpillar and a butterfly many times because butterflies want to live for a few days, I'm pretty sure, or for a few weeks. Um, and so just know that that pain and that growth go hand in hand. And um, without that stinky, poopy, gross compost um, in that soil, you wouldn't be as fruitful as you are going to be in spring. So you know what today that, that shit that you're feeling feel the crap out of it say oh my god this sucks and also add wow this is going to teach me something magnificent obviously if i'm feeling this shit it's going to end up turning into something amazing um and i often hear that in my head and i'm like uh-uh like fuck you i'm like that is awful i just want somebody to see the shit that i'm going through and so you don't have to do it right now but I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Just honor the crap out of your feelings. Do what you got to do for yourself right now. And also realize how much pain is really needed. Um, I was pulling cards that I was also speaking about in the beginning. And um, I pulled a card and I read it. And it connected to the movie that I was watching last night. And it also came out to the sketch in my head. And so it's really, really tall ladder leading up into the corner of the page where it's kind of like a sun. And the sun at the very, very top of the ladder is universal love and death. And the bottom is this person climbing this rungged ladder that goes on forever. And that's a human lifespan. And um, so around the ladder, I wrote them, why am I always so scared to climb the ladder? 
these are moments that make love most meaningful. So those moments um, of pain are really transmuted, alchemized pieces of love and that we don't really know how to digest or understand. And that might not make sense to you at all. It's like a feeling. I don't know how to express that. Um, but though those, even in working out, we push ourselves past these human limits to reach new body goals. So if you want something new in your life, you also have to use your mind. And a friend reminded me of this, like a workout program. Yeah, you're climbing up a ladder to get to a more beautiful destination. And your calves might be tired as fuck and you probably want to fall off that fucking ladder. But you are going higher and higher and higher into something that is more beautiful and more potently amazing than you could ever know. And guess what that is? That's death. You live this magnificent life of pain and of extreme joy. Extreme joy. You get to love. You get to make love. You get to hug people you get to sit down and laugh with people you get to do all these things and guess what that's leading up to we're all preparing every single day to die that is incredibly beautiful and this is not to be very like masochistic is that even a word this isn't like oh my god i get to die it's like oh my god dying is not that thing like my grandparents are getting older and every day i kind of grieve knowing that they're not going to be here and then i'm like wait they got to experience life and i used to be like I want to live to be like 120. Now, the more time that I spend with older people, I'm like, fuck no. (laughs) Like, I will be good at the age of like, the ripe age of like 87. You know what? I'd like to make it to 90, maybe. You know what? Why the fuck not? But I don't, if I died at like 50, you know what? At least I did my best to just like live. And I had my experience, my karmatic experience of my life for a reason. I think that's where my purpose comes from. I think that I am here for a destined reason. But also, I get to... I get to make my purpose. And so that's the ending. See death is a beautiful thing. I want you to meditate on that and let the spark. Um, My most potent podcast episodes are the ones that don't really feel right always coming out of my mouth um, because I know that there's going to be a lot of question marks going around it and dancing around that. But that's also the ones where people have like a, oh my God, like a gasping aha moment of like poeticness because it's something you have to feel and not really speak about. Um, and those are the ones that I find to be most revolutionary for me. So anyhow, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being you. Thank you for divulging into my uncanny, beautiful oddness of my experience. And I hope that you have somebody to see your magic as well. And it's a beautiful thing to be different. Um, I learned that as I, as I get older and the statement, oh, weirdo or whatever used to trigger the fuck out of me. I'm like, wait, you think that I'm crazy, but I'm different and you're different and those words are just things to put down but really it's a superpower as well it's you get to see the world in a whole nother format that somebody else doesn't get to get you get to see a whole different corner of the universe out of your perception and that is magic because the universe chose you to come into physical form to experience itself you are the universe experiencing itself and I think that that's something also that you need to just set in for a little bit without a spiral but more like a wow just a wow um so yeah again thank you i love you and i will talk to you when i talk to you through another episode